Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Fame puts you where the things are hollow. David Bowie said that. What are your thoughts on fame, Andrew? Well, David Bowie has probably got more... Um, experience than anybody on this earth about how that makes them feel and I think someone like him he came along and never wanted to be the huge star he was he just wanted to be the artist that he was and express himself and um, I think Gary Oldman is one of his you know long-term friends from many many years and he actually did say he understood what he meant from that and it does it, it can leave you hollow because you can be the most popular person in the world and have people literally love you on the street and want an autograph and a picture but ultimately you do end up on your own in the evenings or you know you have it's like a drug you can have this lovely high and adrenaline mm. rush and then all of a sudden it goes still and you have to live with yourself at the end of the day and be happy with that and you've got to remember that fame is actually something that is and someone said this to me once it's an illusion it's an illusion it's not something that actually is something you can actually hold in your hand or taste. It can be taken away from you as quick as it can be given it to you, especially in this day and age with reality shows and mm -hmm. stuff like that. This is why we've seen a lot of suicides with people who've not known where to go afterwards, especially people who have just been slight personalities, not got the talent David Bowie's got or, you know, dance ability or whatever it is you've got. And they've just let you have to live with themselves afterwards <clears throat> and think, well, what do I do now? So basically never think too far ahead always be grateful for what you've got within the moment and realize that it's something that you're experiencing that can't be held in your hand physically it can you you can look back at it when it does go away because eventually it does for everybody um and just be proud of what you did and own that and say well i achieved this and i think that's what is most important because if you're in a situation where you think it's never going to end and you live off that like food to a human being then you're on a road to a, a bit of destruction. That's what I feel. Um, I was, I was going to say, there's different versions of fame, right? Yeah. You've got fame in a very intense professional community of people, which is kind of how you started your mm -hmm. career. And then it gets bigger and broader. And then you get to the level of fame um, which y you um, have, which is people are... People just on the street know who you are, mm. um, and they don't necessarily know the the lineage and the background and the effort and all that kind of stuff. So, what's been your experience of different versions of fame? Well, I would say that 
another friend of mine who's famous, she said to me, she said, a lot of people who are celebrities, the public think you're rich. You know, you're rich either inside or you're rich financially and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the time, you know, you could be out of work for six years, but you've had that fame touch you. It's a bit like what um, it's the same in the X-Men um, and it's the same in Harry Potter. They use a phrase or they say when magic has touched you or power has touched you and it gets taken away and it does get taken away, it never fully leaves you. So you always have to live with that kind of thing. So yeah. that, this goes back to the first question that you asked me about how it leaves, it can be a hot, what was the phrase you said? Hollow. Hollow, yeah, so it can be hollow. Um, I think the most important thing is if you become famous on a reality show um, and you know you've got very limited talent but you're very good in front of camera, that is something that's great but it could end up ending when it comes down to the fact if you have talent where you can sing dance song songwrite act everything else just own your art own who you are and take the good times which is basically obviously you get paid very well if you're famous and you do a lead in a west end show or whatever you do and i wouldn't call it bad times but if you're just teaching class and you're just basically or you know you're you're singing to a few people you're still giving back and i think what happens is you just have to realize that it's something that goes it's like a yo-yo it comes and it goes you know and it's all about who you meet so I, I, that's what I believe anyway. So the, the levels of fame that, that, that I think Ben sort of mentioned earlier, what, as I see it, you know, in, in, in dance circles, you, you, people knew who you was ahead of Pineapple. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make the it. The TV on, show. Yeah, a lot of people, when they came up to me, they said to me, oh, you've, you know, you made it. And I thought, well, actually, no, I've been dancing since I was eight. Mm. I'm now 47. I didn't get nearly, <laughs> and then I didn't actually have a TV camera to discover me because when they did, they said, oh my God, you're TV gold, you've got all these you know, sound bites and all that. And it was just something that I just did naturally, really. I didn't script it. And that was what was wonderful about Pineapple. It was never scripted. A lot of reality shows these days are. And I was 36 at the time when the first camera went on me. I think it got released when I was 37. And basically, I think what kept me together was the fact that it came late in age. And I think fame, like you see what happened with Britney Spears when she was very young and she lost the plot and everything else. And yeah. look at Michael Jackson. You know, yeah. fame is, can, can be um, a bit of a hidden devil. And you have to be very strong to realise. And even, I, even at 36, I still made mistakes. I still trusted too easily and, and had a lot of things happen to me that weren't very pleasant. So I think that, you know, if I can give anything out to the public, it's just basically... Treat it with kick gloves and know that if you've done an awful lot in your life, whether you've worked in a factory or you've had children there and, and, and a you know, wife or even if you're not together anymore, that's a successful thing. Don't think of just being a famous person on television or doing something like that is the mark of success. Yes, we can all have our icons. We've got our George Michaels. We've got our, you know, um, David Bowies and everybody else. You know, they're very, very special people. But ultimately, the fame on their level was so high. And I don't think David Bowie quite fits into this category. But a lot of them are troubled. You only got to look at Whitney and George and, you know, mm. everybody else. And there's a, a deep line sadness to a, to a lot of them. And, you know, as the Beatles wrote, money can't buy you love. And I think that, you know, what, I've come to a stage in life where, you know, happiness is not <clears throat> judged by how many people love you. It's about having them special people around you that really love you and care for you. And anything else that comes along from that is a bonus. So which comes first, then the sadness and then fame... Uh, extrapolates from that or does fame actually bring about a sadness in itself that's a really good question because no one knows someone's background before they become famous they could be sad before they become famous and use it to make themselves so happy you could also have people who are very happy but because of the fact that they're not quite comfortable with all that fame and all that um 
adulation, even though they're very gifted at what they do, they got discovered. And sometimes you have stars out there that have become huge pop stars and never really wanted to become huge pop stars, but they became huge pop stars because they're just so good at what they Mm. do. And then you've got people who are less talented who just want to be famous for famous sake. A bit like you do see on some shows, which we know about on TV. Yeah, Um, X Factor. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say that, you did. (laughs) (laughs) But but with with, with the X Factor, you know, as, as you said, you... You find people on it, they fast-track to fame, and a lot of the time, you know, that, that, that show will make light of people that technically aren't talented or great singers, and, and they'll, 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 you know, they'll, they'll, it's not nice, it's quite unkind what they, you know, how they sort of glorify some of the, some of the contestants on there. However, with Pineapple, you was, you was filming, uh, you know, at, you know, talented people, people yes. that were, you know, talented people teaching talented yes, people, yeah. well, and yeah. and as an outsider uh, and as a fan of that show, it exploded so quick, mm. and all of a sudden, everywhere you looked was you and Louis Spence mm. and Rob, and there was there, there were so many characters that come from one show so quickly, and from aside from your success that you'd had in in. In, in, in the world of dance, to then have national success thrust upon you very quickly. Mm. How did you deal with that? Well, a lot of people said to me, as I said before, oh, now you've made it. Now, I know Louis Spence did uh, the Spice Girls tour. He's done Cats. He's done a lot of big West End shows. I'd done seven West End shows, Dance with Britney, you know, sung with Tina Turner, all before that show came along. And when it did come along, it was so sensational because no one knew it was going to be such a big hit. I think the budget was something like 1.5 million for it, and uh, they just literally um, uh, commissioned six half an hour episodes. And then the directors, from, uh, the people from Sky, came in and went, "This is TV gold." They took it to six one hours. Then they saw more in the edit, and they took it to 12 to 13 one hours. And I got told by the producers of the show wow. that basically that is absolutely unheard of yeah. and it was the first show that came along before only way is essex made in chelsea all of those shows got spawned from that and they are scripted where we were just literally like the truman show where we had people come in film our life and weirdly enough they hit us like the crest of a wave like a surfer because i had my band at the time i was i was forming that outside pineapple songwriting doing my thing and they just caught it as the band was being developed so they could follow our our, our whole journey and, and that re- got its own focus Looking back on it, that, that mm. got its own focus, it got which its didn't own. happen with other people in mm. the... Well, it had its own story stream. So if you That's put it, all yeah. the Starman story together, you see a beginning to an almost end of a journey. So you had that thread going through the whole of the Pineapple Show. Yeah. And then you had the other bits where people were doing funny things. And the secret dances were fantastic. It was such, it's such a shame because it, it should have carried on and been bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Um, and not to say it wouldn't come back, but it was a, a, a show that was quite groundbreaking. And I do know that Simon Cowell was a massive fan of the show and when he was at the time I went on Britain's Got More Talent to do some stings with Starman and he got out of his chair came up to me in the ad break and he said to me absolutely love what you're doing fantastic da, da, da. and he said I get the CDs and the, oh, sorry the DVDs flown out to America because he was doing Pop Idol at the time and I watch all of the episodes and um, when, he, when he left I said it'd been tough because I'd had a lot of negative and positive press. And he said, at least they're talking about you. And when he left, all the crew came over to me and said, you know, we've had some massive stars here, bigger than me, much bigger than me. And he hasn't got out of his chair for any of them. Yeah. And I just was like blown away by that. Yeah. And basically the next season of X Factor 
because he was such a fan, he uh, was interested in employing some of the people who actually worked on Pineapple. He actually then ended up um, tr um, d doing like little dream sequences and little kind of like edits similar, not not, not the same, but similar to Pineapple with yeah. the next X Factor mm -hmm. thing. And that is the biggest compliment ever. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think the guy's a decent, lovely bloke and he gave me some great advice. So uh, eventually, I think when it all kind of dissipated, I was very, very happy to have met. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. At those people, because yeah. I did realize they're much bigger than me, especially some massive like Simon Cowers, and they keep it real. And they just said, so, you know, this is the way it works. And it is a business. I mean, they always say it's 90% business, 10% show. I have to be the show. That's why I need a manager. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, the, what you need, if you ever do become famous, if whoever's listening to this, make sure you've got your gatekeepers. Make sure people are protecting you. Make sure if you feel like you're in a situation not comfortable with or you need advice, don't be frightened to ask. Because one of the qualities I feel I've had since I was a kid because I've been dyslexic is if I don't understand something I always ask someone what does that mean yeah. how does that work because I'm never afraid to learn people may think I'm a bit cocky or I've got an ego I don't I'm just confident and there's a difference mm. and if it comes down to something I don't know I'm, I'm the first to ask mm. and can you please show me that and explain I'm the first to get frustrated with myself if I don't understand something mm. so I just say to other people if you do become famous through whatever, whatever medium or whatever side you know just make sure you've got your decent gatekeepers which are your friends who people can just stop things from happening and going in the wrong direction. I, I want to sort of push you a little bit on, on how fame affected you because it was so quick and all of a sudden, as I said, aside from, from your, um, your work in dance, you, you know, you was a, a household name. People knew who you was. You was in the big brother house. And, and I just wonder for somebody that's also trying to, you know, as, 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 most of us sitting around this table are, we've all been aspiring musicians in bands and we know how hard that can be and the mm -hmm. pressures of having to be in bands with other people as well that, you know, 
all have aspirations, whether they be the, you know directing the same way as your own. How did just how did you cope with walking out the street and and and, and people being there's Andrew Stone? I, I was totally unprepared for it. I mean, when I was at Pineapple, I was teaching six, seven classes a week. And um, it was an open film set. Again, I'll go back to the Truman Show thing. He didn't know about that. But we knew that it was, a, it, it was a brand in itself already. So we knew that Debbie Moore had her clothing in Debenhams and all that kind of stuff. And um, Jonathan Stadlin said to me, who was the head director on the show, he said, you don't quite understand, but your life's about to change. And I just didn't believe him. All I did was just do my shit on camera yeah. and just not know what was to make the edit. I didn't even know, know what TV gold was. I just did it. And I, I always used to ask, is it okay? Is it okay? Have I done all right? And they was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And then I just thought, okay. And then it went out and I just thought, oh, it's going out on telly. Well, you know, maybe a few people see it. You know, I, don't, I didn't. I got on a bus. And you wouldn't know if you were even in, in it that much, right? Because ed- you wouldn't have seen the edit, I'm guessing. No, they did hint to me I was, but I, didn't, okay. I knew that the cameras were... I mean, we were filming 24 hours, and that was just on me sometimes, let alone everybody else, and it was a 45-minute show per episode. <laughs> you know, so, so we, we did our work, you know. Yeah. And um, it became so normal to be in front of the camera. Celebrity Big Brother was a bit of a doddle for me, in a sense, because mm. I just had cameras on me all the time, which is the same as what Pineapple mm. was like. But I remember teaching a dance class in Pineapple and it just gone out. And I had a ton of people in the class, a lot more than I normally did, some who couldn't even dance. And then there's windows at the back of the class and I had loads of faces in the window looking. And I thought, oh, this doesn't feel comfortable. And then I, all I want to do is, because I'm a man of 30, 37 at the time, I like to go for my coffee, you know, in a, in a coffee shop afterwards, meet my girlfriends or whatever and friends. And I walked out after being in the change room and it does start to have... It, I suffer with a lot of anxiety, never used to, but it did bring on a lot of anxiety. And at the time, I didn't think it did, but I was doing picture, 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 and all I wanted to do was eat. But I'm a very accommodating person. You know, the ground PR is the best PR in the world, and I'm not fake at all. So I just thought, everyone's being nice to me, I'll be nice to them. Can I have a picture, can I have a picture, can I have a picture? And eventually, when you walk away, you go, ah, I can just relax. And then you walk down the street, and then someone else will give you a look. And I would never say no, but it does come to a point where you are human. And that's when, on the level that I was on, is nothing on the level where, let's say, Britney Spears was on at the time of the height of her fame. And that's when you start but to see people crack. Overlapped. It must have overlapped. She would have had it sustained for like years and years and years and years, you know, and you would have had it um, concentrated around, you know, those yeah. peak moments. And then obviously, you know, resurgence is when you do more, yeah. you know. Oh, it did, I mean, yeah. It can't okay. have been that dissimilar. No, it like, wasn't dissimilar in the sense that it happened on that level, I guess. Yeah. Because it did go out to 12 different countries in the world. Yeah. Um, I was getting people on my um, social media from Australia to did Canada. Did you even have social media that much at the time, though? Well, Rob Davies is sitting opposite me here. The pioneer. <laughs> he, uh, he, he basically looked after my Facebook and my Twitter and all that because I, I never worked any of that stuff before. Yeah. I didn't even want to know it do you know what I mean um, and uh, I didn't realise how important it was at the time but yeah it, it, it was exhausting at times and I you felt, enjoyed it though right oh I absolutely loved it but I did find myself going into myself a bit going back to your original question yeah and then I caught myself you know drinking too much and I thought I'm not not drinking too much in the sense of I was complete alcoholic but I was using it as a crutch to just calm down because I'd never had that much kind of I just wanted to kind of have a stillness so you know having a bottle of wine in the evening was just and I just thought because being a fit guy is you know a little bit vain I thought what am I doing that for but then I just realized it was calming me down kind of thing wasn't that bad for your voice as well no, actual fact uh, weirdly enough no it's fine yeah it's fine I never ever drink and sing 
So if I'm singing, I never drink. I'll only have a drink afterwards. I just did a two and a half hour gig the other day. It was the first gig I'd done in a long time. Two and a half hours. Yeah, wow. I got asked because someone let the singer let him, the singer got let down. Sorry, the landlady and landlord had a singer and he let let him down three hours before the gig. I only had about ten songs I knew off by heart and I had to do two and a half hours and I did it. Wow. And, and they were like, the whole crowd was just like crazy. And afterwards they said, we can't believe you pulled that off. And I said, neither can I. But the thing is, I didn't drink a drop of alcohol because I was so worried. Yeah. that if I drank anything my voice would start to crack because a lot of the songs I do in gigs if they're covers they're the big songs from all the big artists where you get a big artist they might have three big songs but the others will be big songs as in mm. success but they'll be lower in key where I'm doing all the big kind of money numbers from George Michael to take that to Prince to whoever you know yeah. uh, Stereophonics to Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses they're yeah. all very high big selling songs and I just yeah. thought to myself am I going to get through this and I, I did I mean I managed to wing it a bit by getting a couple of singers that we were in the room and had a little bit of a rest I had two breaks as well two 15 minute breaks but um, I have been I've been singing so much recently it's like a muscle if you train yeah. it and train it and train it it gets stronger and stronger so yeah. yeah yeah I really love my singing yeah did you did, did you ever disconnect from that um, that core training and love and skill because there's so much joy to be got out of just being good at what you do absolutely and then there's a layer on top and you a lot of people could argue a lot i think a lot of people talking more recently about they're more aware of mental health especially as you mentioned about people who go on to these reality reality shows and the question is being put out there more and more like what is going on with these people? They, and actually, should they come with like a health warning in a way? Well, they've already started talking about this. They're, they're psychologically analysing people now before they go on Love Island and stuff like that. But the thing is, I think... The well do they do that on Big Brother, though? They meant yeah, to do they that. They don't on... do it before you go in, but when you come out, you have a debrief by a psychiatrist. They don't do it before. They don't do it before, which they should. They should. Golly. And, you know, they, they, you go into an annex and they ask you if you're okay and they go through that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Are you okay? Yeah. I said, no, I've just been fucking kicked out. <laughs> I w- but I still got paid, so who cares? <laughs> but, but then I got, I went on the Big Brother's bit on the side, so I got a lot of exposure on that. But, you know, everyone wants to be on TV to kind of, you know, be exposed for whatever. But I felt the richest, and I'll tell you this, the TV show hadn't come along, and I would go to teach my dance class, or I'd go and do a gig or something like that. And even if the gig had a few people, or I only didn't have many people in my dance class, I'd always physically do everything as a teacher. I'm not one of those teachers who walks around. And I'd go and sit you know, in a coffee shop afterwards. And I, my body felt great. I felt like I'd done a good performance or I'd done a good tart class. And I just said to myself, I, don't, I had hardly any money. I had hardly any money, but I felt the richest person in the world for knowing I had my talent. And I think that's mm. what's kept me together mm. and reminding myself of that. Because at the end of the day, I've helped a lot of people in this industry as dancers I've changed ballet dancers into jazz dancers who've gone on to dance with Kylie Minogue and I've, I've had a big influence on people so that reward it doesn't pay you money but it gives you such a feeling of worth mm. inside and I think that core strength keeps you together now if you're going into a reality show and you haven't had that training and that other thing that you know you're good for and you're just having smoke blown up your ass and you think it's never going to end that's when people destabilise because and there's always going to be another guy who comes along who's younger who's better looking or another girl who's sexier and better looking you're going to have that and you're eventually going to not be flavour of the month anymore it's the same as the music industry really unless you've got you yeah. know songs as a songwriter coming out your bum so you know or a big machine around you if you don't exactly or yeah. a load of money that you know because you, if, you, if, you've, if you've got endless amount of money you know even if you release records that don't always become hits you're still doing what you love do you know 
sure. I mean? Um, That's the integrity thing, then. Yes. That's what's at the core of that, right? Yeah, definitely. And I just, I'm not saying all these people who are on these other reality shows who aren't dancers and singers and actors um, haven't got any talent. I'm just saying, just remember what you know you're good for and remember that's what makes you rich as a person. That's all I'm saying. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.